It is episode 161. I tried very hard not to say all right there, and I succeeded. It was right in there. It was so there. Like I had to. Does it count really... when, you, when you do it again, though? No, I explained. Uh, I explained <laughs> myself. Uh, yeah. Episode 161. This is our. Uh, what is this? Our fourth episode of April. That's kind of a record-breaking situation. Yeah, I'm kind of. Wanna... I'm kind of sad we didn't make it to May before doing another one. But well, you, you would have thought. You would have thought are. that uh, Illinois might have won like a national championship or gotten to a Final Four with all these episodes <laughs> in, in April, but obviously not even close. Um, yeah, so Illinois <clears throat> adding another player. That's kind of the reason we're here. Also, a couple other news uh, tidbits, and uh, that's not even the right word, but we're just going to go with it. Uh, little news things to discuss as well, and I want to kind of also use this episode as a way to calm everybody down about the fact that they don't have a point guard yet, or like a like an experienced point guard, I guess. Uh, I, I think I think that they'll be that. fine. I think they'll be fine. You think they're getting one? Yeah, I do. very soon. I think within the next month for sure. Like maybe, maybe it'll be late May, but we got to remember the timeline here. It's like I see these people in the Facebook group, which I'll get to that. I'm only in that just to say these things. <laughs> you, uh, you're like you really bring down the uh, median age in the Facebook group. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, these guys are idiots. <laughs> uh, so let me let me see if I, I sent you this, but like this guy said uh, that the portal. We're getting late in the portal timeline. The portal closes on May 11th, which, yeah, like, the way – you can't say that and then assume that that you're going to not be able to get anybody after May 11th because you got to remember when they got Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer last year. That's it true. Late. It was pretty late. I mean, it, the, May 11th is just when they can go into the portal. It's not – Yeah. You can't – the guy was saying that as if it was just – it's over after May 11th, which is not. Shidewinder's mad because we're six minutes late. He should just be happy we're having an episode, okay? All nice right. try, yeah. Uh, Bergy dropping the dropping what we're going to talk about. Good to hear Ty coming back. We'll talk about that in a little bit. First, we're going to talk about Quincy. I'm not even going to try to say his last Quincy, name. I'm not French. It's, it's Quincy Garrier. Come on, people. It's, it's easy know. money. Who cares? Um, he commits to Illinois. He's on our uh, team. We're going to have to say his name a lot. <laughs> I'm going to say Quincy a lot. Can we call him like QG or something? Quincy Gary. He calls easy. himself the candy man. Can we call him the candy I man? I like that. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, 6'8", 220 pound power forward um, that apparently shoots the three. Also, um, last year at Oregon, he averaged nine points per game in about 26 minutes of play. 4.6 rebounds, one assist. He shot 42% from the field, 34.7% from three. Um, I just kind of wrote down what he shot from three over the years. Uh, his freshman year, he shot uh, 12.5%, and he took 24 threes. His sophomore year, he took 74 threes and shot 31%. His junior year, um, he shot 159 threes, so a lot more, 32.7%. And then last year, of course, 347 on 144 threes, so started shooting more apparently at, at Oregon rather than Syracuse. I assume that he was put in a different position at Oregon. I don't know. You're an Oregon fan. Did you watch QG, the candy man play a lot last year? Yeah. He was kind of just like a, uh, and I feel like I almost, I don't know. I feel like I almost saw more of him at Syracuse, but uh, okay. because I like to say that I really, really like Dana Altman and act like I watch all their games, but I don't. <laughs> um, 
but I feel like at midnight here, right? Well, that doesn't really, it's not really a problem for me. I'd just rather watch UCLA, uh, even though I do have four TVs in here. So I guess I could, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think he's more of a, as, as our good friend, Shoeless Joe Jackson, we'll get into that. Yeah. He, he probably doesn't want to be called that. Joe Jackson. Probably not. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get into his thread, but it seems to be more of a, you know, living on the perimeter at Oregon, which is what he's something that he says. So, uh, but I also yeah. think there's something to the fact that he didn't get put in the exact right spots at Oregon. But I also don't know what Illinois is going to do differently with him, especially with what their roster could look like with him. And I also want to make sure that we like, I think there's this thing on Twitter where, and I did obviously the way that I approach it on Twitter is differently with our podcast account when something like this happens, but I don't want to be sitting here and saying that, that every single get is a good get. And I'm not saying that Gary is not a good get. I just don't think that we need to automatically say everything is good. Uh, and we need to look at like what they're going to do with him. The fact that this is his third school in five years. Uh, yeah. It's not yeah. Really that much of a red flag in this <laughs> college basketball, especially since he's, you know, a fifth year guy. But, yeah. Grad transfer. And he had to play for Jim Beheim. So that's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. His final three out of high school were Syracuse, Oregon, and Illinois. So he's gonna gonna go to all of them. Um, he he started at Syracuse, I believe. You have down here. Um, he must have came off the bench at Oregon. Is that what you're telling me? Hmm. I don't remember. Okay. Oregon all sucked right. last year. Just so, but yeah, just he's, so we, we know he's supposedly another catch and shoot three guy. Um, of course, he's six eight, which kind of changes it. People say that he can play the post a little bit. Um, we're going to show Joe Jackson. I thought this was the first time Joe Jackson was kind of negative on an Illinois get. Uh, he wasn't completely negative, but um, showed some flaws in uh, in Quincy. So, uh, you know, it, it all depends on how Illinois uses him. Like you said, uh, is he a Coleman Hawkins replacement? I, I know he doesn't have the same game as Coleman Hawkins, but it seem, seems like the same physicality and player um six eight six nine i don't it depended on whose twitter you follow he started 52 out of 60 games okay. or 50 52 oh god this is this is tough math 60, <laughs> carry the one seven 70 games and he started every single one his first year at oregon and he started 22 last year so yeah. 52 out of 70 games uh, Jay, that doesn't make sense either. I, he started 50 something games. Math, math is terrible. I get it. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult. Jay says, Would be excited about this if this was Quincy from two years ago or if TSJ Hawkins comes back. A 58% free throw shooter team still needs a lot of work. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to mention. Shot 58% from the line last year. Um, his highest was his sophomore year at 67%. Um, Scheidwinder says he would have been our best three point shooter last year. Yeah, I think every transfer right now would have been our best three-point shooter last year. So I still think Meyer is better, but whatever. I mean, Meyer's percentage was 36 before the last like three games. That's true. Which would have been higher than Gary. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this happened really quick. He he entered the transfer portal, I think, eight days ago, visited Illinois like two days after, and then committed on Monday. I believe it was Monday, right? Probably because Brad tried so, to get him three times. That's true. I mean, it's it was already you know there. I'm sure that you know he wanted to go somewhere, not 
you know, grad transfer. He wants to go somewhere good. This so might be the same thing we like see good, with the. I don't know. This might be the same thing we see with the point guard situation. I think if there's a certain point guard out there that I'm going to name by name, I know a lot of people are dancing around that sometimes, uh, but if that point guard enters the portal, I think it could be as quick as this too. So I'm just saying, yeah, something to think about. Feelers are already out there. You're telling me that Illinois is cheating. Is that what you're saying? I am saying that, yes. Okay, all right. But cheating is a very strong word given the fact that everybody does it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, St. Dominic, yeah, we're going to talk about the schedule being released here in a little bit. So uh, St. Dominic said he's getting nervous about next year. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, it, Illinois kind of it, – it's, it's weird because last year Brad Underwood was like, we're so young, we're so young, and now we have two grad transfers, a senior – if Terrence Shannon and Coleman come back, that's another basically fifth-year guy and a fourth-year guy. So does Illinois go from the youngest team to the oldest team? Then what what excuse will Brad use next year? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he'll have one. I don't know. I I think I think his excuse will be continuity and new new players. Yeah, in the mix, playing big minutes or something along those lines. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Scheidwinder said, "Did he play more in the post at Syracuse? Is he better, definitely more than he did at Oregon? Yeah, is he better more of that role than just a catch and shoot guy with the bigs at Oregon? Yeah, um, but he shot, but he shot like fifty five percent from inside the arc. I did pull up Joe Jackson stuff. He's he's got the numbers. Well, I got the numbers here. He shot oh. 51 percent from inside the arc. Yeah, that scares me. And fifty five percent in his first year at Oregon. So, pretty okay. good his first year. Then at Syracuse, fifty five percent, fifty seven percent. Yeah. Um, uh, it just seems like he's been for he was a certain player for two years, and then the next two years when he leaves and goes to Oregon, he was a different player. Yeah. Uh, but he also played some five at Syracuse his freshman year. Okay. Um, I, and like just looking at, you know, some highlights and stuff on the ESPN page. I mean, his post game doesn't look terrible. Um, there's some nice, nice post-ups he has in there. So it, yeah, it's all going to matter on how Brad plans on using him. Um, I definitely don't envision him unless I guess if Coleman doesn't return, I definitely don't see him playing 25 minutes per game. I think he's more like a 15 to 20 guy. I would say 17.8, yeah. Okay. That's between 15 and 20. Yeah, so just okay. giving you an exact number, you know, doing the, <laughs> doing the sure. heavy lifting for everybody here. Uh, yeah, I, I really hope Coleman comes back. And I don't think this move has anything to do with whether he does or doesn't. But Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that you, you were 95% that one of them would come back, and now you're 93% that – Coleman doesn't come back. So yeah, I, I definitely think that, it's more likely that Shannon comes back. Good how man. that works into the math, but um, it things change day to day. And uh <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. I, I hope Coleman, I don't know. I just feel like those guys definitely, if they didn't say it publicly, it seemed like they wanted the team to get older. And I'm pretty sure one of them said it. Yeah. And Brad has gone out and gotten three guys that are gonna be playing in their fifth year in college basketball, although Harmon only played two at Utah Valley before being a, a community college player for two years. So how's his screen game? I Shidewinder, I don't know why you care about screens. Illinois only sets phantom screens. There's there's no reason to have a good screener. 
we already lost our best one in Brandon Lee going to Illinois State. So let me, uh, yeah, that's true. Leave's a huge fun. loss, and Leave's about to absolutely set the set the campus on fire <laughs> in yeah. uh, in Bloomington. So yeah. is that where that is? Yeah. Yep, that is where uh, Illinois State is. Yeah, um, I'm trying to read what Kevin Sweeney said about Quincy Garrier because uh, I thought it was interesting. He said uh, in the quote tweet of our, our good friend Jeremy Werner, of course. Uh, he said, quote, if Illinois can get his motor running like it did as a sophomore at Syracuse, this could end up being a big-time move for the Illini. Big-time uh, – nope, red big-time again. Versatile <laughs> forward who can rebound, attack the rim, pop out for threes, has fallen in love with the jumper times, which I wonder if that was just Dana Altman sticking him on the perimeter and being like, leave the room for Infale Dante and Khalil Ware. You're not getting are you Are you not afraid that Brad's going to do <clears> the same thing? Do you think? Do you think that he runs the uh, the elbow, like the the entry Don't pass? Don't you remember the fact that Brad said they needed a front court presence? Yeah, this is the one right here. I'm pretty sure I don't see them getting anybody else there. So yeah, you're gonna have Dan true. Danger. You're gonna have Quincy Garrier. You're gonna have Amani Hansberry and maybe Coleman Hawkins. But yeah. Hawkins is not really a front court presence. But he can be. Position. I mean, yeah, he he's definitely he better. That, he's definitely sure. that's one of the. The best versions of Coleman is when he's scoring in the post a little bit. Yeah. Um, so he got Gary is going to play in the post in some, in some aspect. Yeah, I think that he will for sure. I Maybe think, I think that he, I mean, he's basically going to be Dane's backup at, at this point. Yeah. But if Coleman comes back, I think it, or if Coleman doesn't come back, I think it becomes a bit of a different story. I could definitely see lineups where they have him and Dane on the floor at the same time. Maybe take some pressure off of Dane and be like, we have another guy right. that, can, that can score here. Yeah, no, that's, I, I guess I'm not, I didn't, I'm not saying that he's going to be the guy that comes in for Dane. I'm just saying that when Dane is out, he's probably going to move to the five. And I think the same that's could be I said for Amani Hansberry. I don't know how much we'll see him, but I feel like yeah. he's the guy who's ready to play minutes at the big 10. Yeah. Uh, At least a couple. Yeah, I think I think we will see uh, some more sc- pick and rolls uh, with Dane Danger next year for sure. So, uh, Bergie says we really need a point guard type to use a screen and for the screener to roll. Yeah, point guard is essential, but um, I don't know. You want to talk about Joe or what's, what's what are we doing next? Or you want to keep talking about you just want to run circles around Quincy the whole time? Well, I mean that's a that's a direct shot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll throw some Joe Joe Jackson on here uh, for everybody here. A little bit of this. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, here we go. Uh, all right, let me find the good thing here. Okay, so this is uh, of course at. Joe underscore Jackson two two one zero. We did his threads on Justin Harmon and Marcus Damask uh, last time. So now we have this one here. Uh, just some clips and some uh, thoughts on him. He said uh, Quincy Garrier six foot eight forward transferring to Illinois from Oregon. Blah 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 blah. He's developed into more of a stretch forward, living on the perimeter during his time in Oregon. Here's a clip of him doing something here. I believe it's just him shooting a three. We're number 13 there. Pops a three ball. Yes, 13-0 Oregon. Boom. How you doing? Uh, second one here, he shot 34.7% from three 
last season, a career high. He put up more threes than twos last season. Most of his threes were catch and shoot. Uh, he struggled on pull-up threes. So another guy that's going to have a lot more catch and shoot to his game for Illinois than we've had last season, at least. Uh, Damask and Harmon, both good in the catch and shoot as well. Uh, he thinks Gary can be a solid defender. He's not overly athletic or quick, but he moves his feet well and he uses his arm to cover up any space. I think he will be able to help guard a lot of fours in the Big Ten. See him here defensively moving the feet. Shuffle, good good closeout, nicely done. Uh, Gary is not really a guy that will create for himself. That's not surprising. Uh, he only shot 55% at the rim last season uh, and struggled getting there at times. If he has a smaller guy on him, he can post up. When attacking from the perimeter, he has to be able to turn the corner or else it is a turnover. We shouldn't be that surprised that he can't do everything. Yeah. Um, did you talk about his defense already? You were pretty excited about him on the defensive end. In- well, I think – yeah, I think it depends on the positions you put him in. Your mic sounds kind of different. Uh, I think it depends on the positions you put him in uh, from a defensive. Like he's not going to be a defensive stopper for one guy. Um, but I also think that there are spots on the defensive end where Illinois kind of got lost with Matthew Meyer out there, and I think he could kind of clean that up a little bit and be a little bit more versatile in the fact that he could probably guard – some of the heavier guys that that Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins maybe couldn't guard as well, uh, not and and maybe staying. I think he I think he's maybe a little bit underrated at staying in front of guys that are a little bit smaller than him. And yeah. he's the one of the clips I showed earlier is a great closeout, a rare closeout. You wouldn't see that from the Illini. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah. I think his defense is probably. Not where it once. Also, he's playing at Syracuse his first two years, so I guess you don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I think and I'm also excited about the fact that he likes attacking the boards too, because we need another guy like that. Is my mic better? Yeah, it's fine. Great, uh, Steve. What's going on? How you doing? If Gary doesn't get all the way to the rim, says Joe Jackson, he struggles. Shot about 35 percent on post ups last season. I don't think he was doing it very much. I wonder how many he had. <laughs> As you see him here, get in. Boom, yeah. left hand, no good. Out of bounds on Colorado. Our ball. <laughs> uh, Gary, if Gary can have a bit of space, then he can attack guys off the dribble. Is not always the prettiest, though. I believe this is two years ago. He's Canadian. I don't know. You, you can't expect him to be good at everything in basketball. I mean, that was a good left hand. I, I like that. In addition to being a solid defender, see, you know, I may have overstated his defense a little bit, but that, you know, upon further evaluation, I think it's fair to say that, you know, my source was wrong. Uh, in addition to being a solid defender, he's a great rebounder. He boxes out our good friend Sissoko well, uh, letting the ball even hit the ground. He battles down low very well in the glass and will attack the glass a lot from the perimeter. Good box out. <clears throat> I hate that he says that. It's a good thing the ball hit the ground, but okay. <clears throat> well, he's just uh, Jay said maybe it's the odd court at Oregon that messed with him, and Bergie also agreed and said Oregon's court is why he doesn't watch Oregon. Yeah, it's brutal. It's fair. Uh, he's improved his three point percentage all four seasons, thirty four point seven percent last season. If he can increase that more, he can turn into a very reliable 
shooter for Illinois. Very much a theme with what Brad's doing in the catch and shoot, which makes you think he's going to have a distributor for that, and hopefully it's a, a veteran. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Joe Jackson at Joe underscore Jackson two two one zero for the threads. Uh, Purdue guy, follow him, follow his stuff. Uh, we don't like Purdue, but we don't really hate them that much either. So <laughs> that's fair. Uh, St. Dominic said, as the roster is constructed now, where do you, where do we finish next season? I'm getting six or seven in the big 10, no NCAA tournament. If we didn't beat Texas and UCLA, we don't get into the tournament. If Illinois finishes six or seven in the big 10, they will be in the tournament. Unless Um, they go like three and seven in the night. Right now. I I'm going to say, I'm going to say eight to 10 is where I see Illinois in the big 10. I'm going to say four to six because you guys are all negative. Uh, St. Dominic also said, I'm looking at the portal and there is no one that's a superstar that will make a difference next year. Our only chance to be good is Shannon coming back. Io was the last superstar at Illinois. uh... I mean, I don't know how many times I have to say it, but there's still uh, 15 days for guys to enter the portal. I think there's a couple point guards out there that might enter the portal that. I don't think that you need like superstar talent either you don't so uh jeffrey says i hope they're working really hard on dane's ball handling and defense skills otherwise i see a repeat of last season yeah he doesn't have to handle the ball though and i didn't think that he handled the ball terribly but uh yeah defensively they got to figure something out because he he's not good at stepping up and he's terrible at dropping down so uh either way they gotta they gotta figure out something with him so uh, I pulled this, uh, writing a line eyes, Reese Woodcock, uh, put out a thing that said starting five right now. And I thought it was interesting. I know that you're going to have some comments on this. Um, but you know, let's get somebody else's perspective, what they think the, the roster looks like right now. This of course is without Shannon or Hawkins coming back and tell me this isn't an eight to 10 big 10 team right now. You ready? At the one guard, we got starter Justin Harmon. On what <laughs> planet is he like an actual point guard? I don't know. I, I, I Who guess. else do we have right now? Ty Rogers at the one I'd rather see, I think. Yeah, that's true. I agree. Um, then his backup would be Dre Gibbs Lawhorn and Niccolo Moretti. I think at that point you just start DGL or Moretti at the one. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Um, he also. Illinois would have three scholarship spots, so he does fill in where he thinks scholarship spots are. I thought it was interesting that he didn't put one at the point guard. Yeah. I'd, so, uh, at the two guard spot, he has Luke Goody starting, backed up by Sincere Harris, which is fair. Um, then at the three uh, guard forward spot, he has starting Ty Rogers, backup Marcus Damask. I, I'd flip that just from ex- just for the experience. I know it's going to make Illinois super unathletic with Luke Goody and Marcus Damask starting. <laughs> be like, but I, I would flip that myself. Um, here's where he puts a scholarship spot. He says, I believe Illinois would have three scholarships left to fill. So bringing in someone to provide depth would be good at the three spot. I would like another shooter who can knock down shots from deep. Uh, Screw the scholarship. We got Ashton Kutcher. Toss him in there. <laughs> yeah, he's not even on the backup anywhere. That's weird. He can catch and shoot the basketball. They don't need another guy there to, <laughs> to 
provide like what's the point? Yeah. Who wants to what players gonna be like, yeah, let me go sit on the bench and never play at Illinois? What scholarship <laughs> player is gonna say that? <laughs> Outside true. of one that's completely useless. That's true. Yeah. Uh that's, that's and can we flip like Ty Rogers to the one and then Damask to the three and then Goody to the bench and Harmon to the two? I mean, let's try that. Add a little athleticism and defense. Think of that defensive backcourt, Rogers and Harmon. Do you so you think that Domask will start over Goody currently as it sits? I think, yeah, yeah, I do huh. think so. Interesting. It's close. Also, let me let me throw this one at everybody. Uh, what is the purpose of Sincere Harris as a shooting guard? <laughs> I don't On know. the offensive end, what is the purpose? He, I mean, he just has him as a one guard and the two guard. Not There's necessarily. no purpose of him playing the two. On the yeah. offensive end, what if he comes out and shoots like forty percent from? I hope he does. Year? I could see it. Not really. I could see thirty-five probably. <laughs> you, what like, was his percentage last year? I feel like it wasn't even that bad. It wasn't bad. It was way better than his free throw percentage. <laughs> well, that's a given. He's the worst free throw shooter I've ever seen. I think. Uh, actually, well, yeah, he's definitely. Ah, t- yeah, he's worse than Ty. Uh, Sincere was thirty-one percent from three, so not bad. Almost thirty-two. Yeah. Uh 13 for 41 better than RJ. Took 50 less threes than RJ by the way. RJ took 91. Uh so yeah, I don't I think I think there's no purpose of Sincer Harris like truly playing the two on offense. I guess if you just want him to sit there and maybe catch and shoot or maybe try to get some rebounds. Yeah. Sure, but just saying he's a I, I don't know. Yeah. Just put him in the hybrid spot. <laughs> um, at the four spot, uh, he has starter Quincy. Go ahead. Um, Gary A, yeah. yeah. Very easy, uh, very easy. Gary A. Gary A, Gary A, Gary A. Got it. All right. Um, and then the backup, he has a scholarship spot, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> he has, uh, with Coleman Hawkins departing the program for the NBA, this leaves with... Does this guy Illinois think that Coleman can't come back? With some depth issues. Depth issues. Death issues. Easy. Uh, in the front court. You would say that. Gary A would take over the Hawkins role on the team, but I think Brad Underwood needs to go out and get another player to help at this position. Let's find someone who can give the program five to ten minutes per game. I'm not looking for a superstar, but maybe we can find a player in the transfer portal who is at a mid-major but could help us win some games. Gary A needs a backup. Okay, let's just throw this out there. Uh, this lineup would win two games in the Big Ten, number one. <laughs> Number two, uh, I don't know if this guy, he might not think that that Coleman can come back because he can. And number three, does he think the rotation should be 13 players? Um, <laughs> Shrink the goddamn rotation. You don't need 13 guys playing. I agree. It's I probably going to end up being 10 or 11 to start, but yeah. it doesn't need to be. They don't need. He acts like every scholarship player has to play. That's true. Nico Moretti's probably not going to play if probably they not. if they get a point guard. Probably not. Ashton Kutcher, who's not a scholarship player, probably <laughs> not going to play. Definitely not going to play. He he'll be the guy who comes in against like against Western Illinois, whoever the hell they play early in the season. He'll make a three, and everyone's going to go crazy. And by the way, uh, Andy Katz, don't even if you ever rank sh- student sections again. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, that is horrific. 
To think Illinois is remotely even close to the top 10 is an absolute joke, by the way. Uh, Illinois student section is probably in somewhere in the 200s, I would say, maybe 100s in college basketball. So that's just an absolute joke. And I'm surprised that idiot Kilton, uh, whatever his last name is, stupid name, not uh, similar in, in stu- stupidity to my name. Uh, but seriously, I mean, what is your, what is his basis? Like, he didn't even have Maryland in there. Maryland didn't even lose at home. <laughs> they were, they seem loud, right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. He is so, is his Big Ten bias like a bit or something? Like, it's ridiculous how I get that he works with the Big Ten network occasionally, but my God, yeah. pretends like the Big Ten's the only conference that exists. <laughs> the Big Ten sucks, Andy. Let it just realize that. All right. Uh, Jay says, might be a pipe dream, but hoping the point guard goes back into the portal who has stripes and loves frosted flakes. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it's impossible. I, if, if somehow Tiger Campbell comes back up and Illinois gets that, I game changer. Uh, Steve says, Amani, here you go. Uh, at the center position, <laughs> Dane Dage is starting. Amani Hansberry, I don't uh, get it back up. Which I believe I believe you move probably Amani to the forward position. I don't yeah. think uh, he's really the backup. And then the last scholarship um, he has that said it should go to number five. Says it would not be nice to get back to the get a backup center into the program so Hansberry can move to the four spot. Again, I don't need someone who's going to play a ton of minutes, but when Danger needs rest, it would be nice to have some experience behind him. Yes, I agree with that. But also, I don't think Illinois is going to have like a third. I don't think their second rotation is going to be traditional, uh, even if Coleman comes back. Because I don't think that they're going to have another traditional five. That, that's actually small. Comcast internet's going out. So your mic did cut later. out a couple times there. Yeah. Um, yeah. My internet's. Well, what can you do? Uh, we can never Great. get through these anymore without internet problems. What the hell happened? Our, <laughs> the regular season, we were almost all the way good. Comcast uh, has been struggling lately. I though. feel like Brad's probably going to, Brad's probably going to try to do like maybe a, not really a small ball thing, but just not a traditional five thing when Danger's not in the game. Yeah, uh, Mark says we need a true center and a point guard. After that, it won't matter if Hawkins and Shannon come back. Should be okay. I I agree with that. Um, yeah, but if, we want the ceiling raised as high as possible, back, right? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't see Dane as a as a go to center that can change your team right now. So. This last comment is okay. <laughs> you want me to read this? You can. Uh, Jink says there are other things more important to worry about, like the dollar, my wealth, etc. The way college basketball is now, I do not really care anymore. I don't follow pro sports anymore as well. You want to sell us on some crypto or something, or something else what? you got for us here, uh, Jinx? Why is Jinx? Why are you? He, why did you stop in? Is my question. I'm so confused. So, um, yeah. So that is uh, what's his name? Reese Woodcock, writing Illini. Um, shout out to that guy for what he thinks Illinois will be doing next year. Yeah. Uh, shrink the rotation a little bit. 
Definitely one Hansberry playing the four. four for I guess sure. he could play the five. I mean, he is like six nine, right? Yeah, and I and I think that we're gonna I think we're gonna see lineups with let me ask you this Dane, what team like smaller lineup what team in the Big Ten? And I know Dane Danger is not a star by any means, but what team in the Big Ten last year had a traditional backup five? Not a tradi- just like a guy that was an actual center as backup. I don't think there were that many in the Big Ten. Because you uh, look at Purdue had one, right? I mean, was uh, I guess that Kaufman, freshman Kaufman Wren, right? I guess was a was a I don't I mean yeah yes uh, that's good that's a good point Indiana who played the backup five for them uh, they uh, haven't they had a freshman too Malik Malik Renault I mean he's more of a four yeah yeah so, so that's the thing I mean you can run you can run without Dane so yeah and probably so nice, be, nice try could everybody. be better could be better. Um, Ty Rogers is back. I, nobody, I never really thought he was gone. Um, but he did post a statement about, you know, he made a commitment or something. I don't know what it say. Did you, did you pull that up? Do we really care? No, uh, okay. he's coming back. His tweet and, was a little weird though to me. I, I thought it was his tweet said, uh, I don't run from the fire. Yeah. What's the fire? I mean, we're fine. We feel good. Well, I think maybe just like maybe like the heat of maybe Brad like Sky Clark's yelling. a bitch, yeah. yeah. Sky Clark's a bitch, and yeah. Jaden Epps is. Subtle, I won't, I won't go there. jab, but... I would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saint Dominic wants to know if it's okay to talk about Brad's future next year after we finish in the bottom half of the Big Ten and don't make the tournament. We are, had arguably the most talented team in the Big Ten last year. Uh. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I, you, I, you, you're trying to paint the picture of me as a complete Brad lover. I don't think I yeah, am that. He but, is not. He's not uh, that guy. But I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think that. He didn't think. I don't think last year's season was. was I think there was Brad's a lot, doing. A lot of was, other issues last season. Yeah. Scheidwinder says, who was the white guy on Michigan State that looks like he definitely actually plays for the Badgers? Center. Was he oh, a uh, uh, Jesus. Uh, they had that Carson Cooper, and then they had that other white guy, uh, uh, Jackson Kohler. That's two, two of the ones I can think of. The two backups behind Sissoko were those two, uh, white fellas. Yeah. Uh, Kohler, I think, is who he's talking about, right? Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, I think Brad, I think Brad probably kind of, you know, if he, if they, I think it depends on what the roster looks like. But also, he's the one who built the roster, so How we're not just going to act like it's not him who is the one that should be responsible for most of this. Because, like I said, he built the roster, did he not? I mean, he's the one making the moves. That's um, true. It's true, and he's he's apparently trying a different way this year. So we'll see what happens. Saying just bottom half of the Big Ten is hard to kind of think about whether you do that because it's like how does the season actually go? What happens? What's the record? Who do they lose to? If they miss the tournament by not even being on the bubble, then you definitely have to have a conversation about it. Um, But I still don't think that anything real would happen. I mean, unless short of something off the court or Brad just completely losing everything with this team. Yeah. So is Illinois in a position where they think like, do fans think, that Illinois should make the tournament every year. 
because we have Brad Underwood? They should think that, right? I mean, okay, it makes so, here. There's a lot of second weekend pressure. It's starting to it's starting to heat up. That's uh, yeah, that's where it's at. Um, I I don't know. I, I say what you want about 2021's matchup, but that was a brutal, brutal game for Brad, especially with how good that 2021 team was. They had no business losing in round two. And that one was on Brad, I say. Um, I'd say the last three years of tournament losses, I would say more than anything that that Loyola game was on Brad. Yeah. So. I agree. I agree. Um, you put uh, point guard talk. Let's yeah, talk, I wanna, talk I wanna, about point guards. Um, Illinois needs of, one, right? So There's a lot of time. A lot of time. Yeah. Tons of time. <clears throat> yeah. Um, trying to find the episode from last year where Meyer committed because that was their last get. Uh, uh, I think you May 28th. Fourth or something. Yeah. May, May 28th. Yeah. And Zachary Perrin, late June. How about that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great gig there. Mark says, for what Brad's paid, we have to every year. Um, Jeff says my biggest complaint with Brad is he doesn't get the most out of players skill sets. I think that's a hit or miss argument because I think there's certain ones that he has and certain ones that he hasn't. I think that's just normal, but I think comparison to other coaches that do get the most out of everybody. It's different. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not always like, is it Brad's fault that sky Clark was a, you know, <laughs> Yeah. What he was last season was it Brad's fault that uh, Matthew Meyer just? I guess it was Brad's fault, Matthew Meyer. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he said one. he said greenlight Meyer. Not only did he greenlight Meyer, he he specifically tried to get him the ball a lot. Okay, but let's also throw this out there: Did Matthew else Meyer do something? Did I Matthew agree. Meyer win more games for Illinois than lost games for Illinois? Yes. Ooh. He won like four games for Illinois, pretty much. Uh, Wisconsin on the road, Man, he, he was great. Ten minutes in Illinois' last game of the year. Cool. Well, that the entire game was a disaster. <laughs> that game just shows you how you know basketball sometimes can be really, really special because that game perfectly encapsulated all the issues that that team had last year, and uh, it was a good way to go out for us, huh? Yeah. Uh, it was like uh, you know I was going to make a Sopranos reference, but I won't. Uh, good. Yeah, a lot I'm of people glad that we killed that streak. Yeah, it's a tough one. It was we had it going good for a little bit, but uh yeah, a lot of people freaking out about the point guard spot. And I think I don't know if they should be freaking out, but they should be slightly concerned just because they don't have one really right now. Sure. And hopefully, hopefully Brad doesn't think they have one. If Brad Underwood, that's his full name, I don't know his middle name, if he thinks that they have a point guard right now, I mean I don't, I don't, there's no way he thinks that, right? <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if he did think that. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe, maybe he thinks Harmon can run the point. Uh, St. Dominic says, I'm just saying we're going into Brad's seventh season. And if we don't make the tournament next season, then we're going into Brad's eighth season with no sweet 16s. How many years of mediocrity do we get? I don't know. John Gross had seven of them. And it was way issue, more mediocre than this. The issue, uh, the issue that I have is that Brad 
you can't first of all you can't compare Bruce Weber to Brad Underwood because Bruce Weber was handed a Bill Self team. And I don't know if you've heard of Bill Self, uh, yeah. one of the best coaches of all time. It was literally like if Brad inherited Bill Self's team, they would have been to multiple Sweet Sixteens by now. Um, Brad inherited a John Gross mess, and the first yeah. three seasons were pretty much a wash. Uh, well, actually, first two. 17, 14, 18. Well, first three. Because 17, 12. 17. No, it was 18, right? His first year. 18, yeah. 19 His were third bad. Third season would have been COVID. Third right? season would have been a tournament. Yeah. So this would be four straight tournament appearances. Who knows what happens in 2020? Maybe they're a sneaky team that does get to the Sweet 16. Then 2021, they win a national championship. But that's just an alternate universe, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I don't think that we. I know that you, you've done this like three times where you try to say, I, I think you're just trying to get under my skin maybe when you say Bruce Weber right away. Like it just doesn't make any sense. There's no logic behind it. So. We see to say John Gross is a better coach. Well, he probably We've seen those load, that, load that one up next. Uh, Steve says if we want Brad to be perfect, then he needs to go. If we want a great coach that gets us in the tournament every year, he needs to stay. It's all about True. getting into the dance. It's all about matchups. And Illinois has gotten two horrible matchups that they lost on and last season not a great matchup either but that team stunk so it had nothing to do with the matchup let's be honest uh the team and, was just never right there was it was whoa they had like a mid-january they were pretty 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 good yeah where everybody else just was trying to everybody else finally caught up and illinois then sucked so yeah they sucked um, all right talk about a point guard what are we doing here if if uh, if Toledo point guard Ray J Dennis backs out of the draft and enters the portal, I think that would happen pretty quickly in terms of him. him Is Ray J on any boards? You know that's a great question. I haven't even given that a look. I always kind of figured he would back out anyway. Um, uh, BJ Davis Ray is uh, in the mock draft, whatever that is. Uh, I would say no because it literally I can't even find him. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think he would have to be going pro if uh, somewhere else if he's not going to be going to the NBA. But I think there's a chance that he backs out, comes back, plays one more year in college. This will be his third school. Uh, he went to Boise State for two years, Toledo for two years. So this will be another fifth year guy. Uh, he was the MAC Player of the Year last year. So would he be a grad transfer? Because ESPN says he's a junior. Yeah, there's some there's some sort of loophole I think uh, involved here that I don't really know the specifics of, but okay, I do know that he there's a connection with Tim Anderson there. I believe um, he's from Plainfield, I believe as well. Yep. Uh, this would be the guy. This would be a guy that you could plug in, and you would really have something. He's a pure point guard. Six foot two, 185 pounds, had a great year last year. Um, yeah, really nine, stuffed the stat sheet. 19 and a half points, 4.3 rebounds for a six two guy's pretty good, and a point guard. Uh, 5.8 assists. Yeah, give me some of that. Uh, average less than two turnovers a game, shot 36 percent from three, 36.6 technically, um, 76 percent from the line. So yeah, one and a half steals a game. I would I would take Ray J in a heartbeat. So 
Yeah. <clears throat> it's one of their best case scenarios. Probably the best case scenario for point guard right now is Ray J. Dennis. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to say get your hopes up, but, but get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Uh, Shidewinder says off topic. Great. That's what we need to do is get off topic some more. And by the um, way, uh, real quick before that. Yeah. One of his best games was towards the end of the season against Ball State uh, on March 3rd. He was, uh, yeah, he was, he was good. 32 points, seven assists, three rebounds, three for five from three, nine for 15 from two, 12 for 20 from the field. Yeah. He had, uh, he had a lot of 20 plus point games. Yeah. So that'll work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It looks like uh, against Ohio, he had 28 points and shot 100% from three. Not sure how many he took, but 18 uh, games with 20 plus points. Uh, and against Ohio, three for three from three. So, would yeah. be would be their best point guard. If you want to say Iowa's a point guard, which I don't really think he was, but I guess he could have been. So similar to that. Iowa was a combo guard. Is that what they call it? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of combo? Anyways, uh, off topic, but if RJ's shoulder was the reason he was bad then why is he playing? He didn't think to mention that to anyone. It's true. We knew his shoulder was bad, and the coaches knew his shoulder was bad. We could tell. Yeah, he said, get out there anyways and let me yell at you. Uh, Jeffrey says, great coaches get players to take the next step and overachieve, raise their game. Haven't really seen that. You think uh... that... I don't you, think Io and Kofi were the same players as they were when they came in. I think Trent Frazier was better. Let me ask you this one. Do you think Georgie Bishanisvili would be a huge contributor to a power conference school everywhere? No. If you don't think that Brad elevates and develops players well, then you are not watching. True. Like, I don't understand that at all. Why is there like a different every time we do one of these is a different thing to go after Brad about from these people? <laughs> I don't know. People are angry. It's T H E I R, by the way, but whatever. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh go ahead. I don't think that the Tiger Campbell thing is completely dead. <laughs> I think weird. it's on I think it's on life support. Okay. <laughs> uh, because there's still a chance he could back out of the Portsmouth, come back to college, take the suspension that he would probably get a few games. And go to Illinois. Uh, but no, I don't I think that there's a much more likely chance that Ray J. Dennis were to do this, yeah, rather than Campbell. And if it's not either of those two, then it's somebody that I don't know about, probably, or it's nobody. So where we got, you know, since I very much I'm very much not going to be in on this roster if they don't get a point guard. I will say uh, St. Dominic says, I have a good feeling about Gibbs Lawhorn. I think he could be a superstar, but will he stay beyond next season? Who knows? Uh, that's the, the world we live in right now. Epps leaving hurts. I don't know if Epps leaving – like Epps is not a point guard. I don't really know. I, I feel like he's pretty easily replaceable. He was small for a shooting guard, which is essentially what he was. Yeah. His defense was really not that much to write home about. He was okay. Uh, his shooting really struggled late in the season. That's not this. I think he's going to be very good at Georgetown. Yeah. Uh, cause as you guys in the comments would say, I almost said you people, I guess you don't want to say that anymore. Huh? Uh, <laughs> in the comments section, you know, I was about to say, you know, you guys, you guys will see that 
Ed Cooley, you know, way better coach than Brad's by what you want to say, but it's just <laughs> probably true, but still. It's true. I don't know. Yeah. Way, way better is definitely a stretch, but better, certainly more, more, uh, more resume, especially doing it in Providence. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that they'll find something with Epps there, but I don't think Epps leaving hurts that much. It's definitely frustrating. Yeah. I don't think that this team goes from, you know, middle of the pack, big 10 team to, you know, top three, if Epps is still on the team. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, they don't really, that doesn't really elevate their ceiling that much if he's here or not here. Um, They replaced them with guys who are really good in the catch and shoot and defend, especially Harmon defending. And a little bit more size at the two spot as well. It's like Epps is just not a point guard. Right. Just wasn't what is wasn't what he was, and he had to play it because Sky Clark uh wants to go play for four and twenty-seven Louisville. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh the Big Ten matchups were released uh yesterday. So we got that for you guys. We got eleven minutes to talk about it, so hurry up. Um uh, St. Dominic says, F's reminds no, me of a young Jalen no, Brunson. No, no, no. He, Ethan hates comparisons. I so. think I think there's some parts of the game that are similar, but also can we not forget how incredible Jalen Brunson was at Villanova? Like, come on. it's I don't know if I'd go that far. And you may just be saying, well, you disagree with me about everything, which is mostly true, but like Jalen <laughs> Brunson was – Jalen Brunson had a little bit more of the uh, – the, like Jalen Brunson had a lot of like weird shifty moves in the paint because he's pretty undersized and he's a lefty, which Brad would love. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think Epps, Epps does have a little bit of that quirkiness to his game, but Jalen Brunson is just a different level. I don't think I'll ever become a Jalen Brunson type, which is probably not what you're saying, but there are similarities to the game. I just think that Jalen Brunson is one of the best college basketball players I've ever seen. So, you know, I would say a lot of people say Frank Mason is the comparison that they see with Epps, which is also another one like Frank Mason was a national player of the year. But I don't think that I don't think that St. Dominic is saying that Epps was as good as Brunson, but there is some shiftiness in the game that is a little bit similar. But Brunson, different level. Brunson had a real coach, unlike Brad Underwood guys, uh Jay Wright. But yeah. Uh Troy says Epps is average at best, needed to recruit over him to compete in the tourney if he stayed. Epps wasn't even close. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. I think one thing that really separates uh, our podcast from others is that maybe not even, maybe just like, maybe it's just, I don't know. Um, But like (laughs) taking that comment that he reminds you of a young Jalen Brunson, everyone's going to take that as Epps is not as good as Brunson. What are you kidding me? Which is kind of how I took it at first. But then I took a step back and I was like, you know what? There's some similarities in terms of the way that they play. Yeah. Like you remember Jay Epps has that weird shiftiness around the rim and scores from a lot of different angles. Brunson does the same thing. Obviously Epps is never going to reach the ceiling that Brunson did at Villanova and where Brunson's at in the NBA right now, where Jalen Brunson, I think is one of the top 15 to 20 players in the NBA right now. Um, but it's hard. I know a lot of people like to just take a comment like that and be like, Epps is not as good as Brunson. Yeah, obviously not, but yeah. There is a similarity in their game that I think St. Dominic makes kind of a good point in some ways, but I don't think that it's he's probably ever the first time he's ever heard that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just like a, it's a, there's a shiftiness there, you know, there's, there's something there. 
Uh, Shidewater says the Brad, the Brad slander is so confusing. People hate winning 20 plus games a year. Good teams and coaches miss the tournament. Brad hasn't since he's had his guys. The Bill Selfs and Coach K's aren't common. Yeah, I think everybody knows there's a couple that. things with that where um, there's a frustration. There's a frustration level when you keep getting to the tournament and then keep not reaching the Sweet 16. Yeah. Uh, and if Bruce Weber would have cheated more, Illinois would have probably gotten a lot further along as a program. I mean, France has been doing it for 20 years at Iowa, hasn't he? So, Well, it's only been like 10, but <laughs> they haven't been to a Sweet 16 either, and that's there should be a lot more pressure on Fran, unless you're just like, well, we're Iowa. so <laughs> Right. Which is probably not how you should approach it if you're Iowa, but um, yeah. Fran does develop and use talent very well. It's just they – I don't think that their style of play and lack of athleticism helps them in the tournament ever because, like, they got the, – Oregon ran circles around them two years ago. This year, obviously, Auburn was just way too athletic and good on the perimeter. And then the Richmond thing was kind of a fluke. They should have killed Richmond. But, um, yeah, I think the pressure becomes different, especially since our fan base is unique where it's – spread out in a lot of different ways that are insane people and people who um, take offense to that have insane expectations all the time. Uh, and, you know, well, Painter has gone far a couple times. Painter's a little bit better of a tournament coach than he's been given credit for, probably because the last three years have been a disaster in the sense that they lost to St. Peter's, North Texas, and Fairleigh Dickinson. But uh, painters that being in, but the thing is like being in jeopardy of losing your job in a fan base is completely different, right? Because there's Purdue fans calling for Painter's head because he got beat by FDU. Yeah, he has six Sweet Sixteens in sixteen years and an Elite Eight. Yeah, it's a little bit better. Um, let, let's do this. Uh, we'll get out of here. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, fans. Uh, <laughs> reached my hour point. Uh, yeah, so uh, Big Ten matchups release. Home only games. Indiana, Minnesota, Nebraska. Great, thanks. Um, away only. Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin. Home and away. Maryland, Rutgers, Northwestern, Michigan State, Michigan, Purdue, Iowa. You know, it's kind of hard to approach this in one way or the other because I don't think there's any pushovers in the Big Ten next season with the exception of probably Minnesota. That's so, true. That's true. Um, I did say favorable, but that was just kind of joking. I just said favorable because I said this, the same thing last year. What's this look like to you? This looks like 9-11 and 11 to me. This looks like 10-10 and 10 to me. Yeah, 10 and 10. I, I'd say right in there. Um, or everybody, 17 and 3. Everybody mark this down because I'm going 17 and 3 when we make our predictions. So, yeah, this this looks like a 10 and 10, 9 and 11, 8 and 12. Well, they got to go on the road to Maryland again. So, that's Um, a loss. Going to go at Rutgers. That's a loss. At Northwestern, that's a loss. At Michigan State, that's got to run out at some point. At Michigan, that probably has to run out at some point, too. At Purdue, I'd like to sweeps Illinois. They're home and away. They're home and away is much harder than last season. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But Illinois had a. A favorable, favorable, supposedly. On paper, the, yeah. On paper um, at the beginning of the year. Uh, this one, not so favorable, in my opinion. 
Well, Indiana, Minnesota, and Nebraska. The fact you only get Minnesota once is yeah. is, is brutal. Uh, Nebraska, yeah. I think, will be better, but still very beatable. So I think you gotta you gotta win five of those six home and away or uh, home home only away only games. Scheidwinder thinks Illinois will start seventeen and zero. Mark says fifteen and five when a recruit when we recruit a great center. I hate to break it to you, but that ain't happening. Uh, <laughs> we just got got a great power forward. Get the honor of uh, winning at Wisconsin again. That'll be fun. Uh, Ao says, "Why are we building a team like we are Final Four ready with one year rentals? They have like that's what so you have many to do these days. Right? They have so many first and second year guys in this team. That's true. Like Dane Danger year two, Ty Rogers year two, Sincere Harris year two, DGL and Goody, year three. three. Yeah, well, pretty much year two. Let's be honest. He barely <laughs> played last year because the injury barely played his first year. year so year two point two. And Hansbury and DGL are freshmen. Moretti's pretty much a freshman, right? Yep. So like they have a, a I was almost gonna say shit ton, but that's just how I speak sometimes. They have a lot of guys on this team that are very young, and you need to get some veterans in the mix. They're not like one year rental fine, but that's just kind of a you got to see what you, you got. Have, you what it you is have to, right? Um, there's well, not in college hoops. There's not a whole lot of guys that that leave as sophomores or whatever that don't already know where they want to be. There's really no it's such thing as completely developing a, a four year player anymore. You know, very rare. Well, hopefully, Ty Rogers and sincere sincere Harris are that. So. I would put money on them not being that, unfortunately. Uh, Mark says we piss off the young talent when we promise playing time to the one-year transfers. I guess. I, I mean, I isn't everybody doing that? You can't really avoid it anymore. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, we will make our return when Ray J. Dennis commits to Illinois. Do you um, think it's within 10 days? No. Okay. I think it'll be like a month. So it won't be as quick as uh, our boy Gary A. No. Did I get it right? Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's um, all I was asking for. Uh, AO says, play with young guys, take our lumps, 10 to 12 wins, then go get the studs the following year. But yeah, but then everybody's going to be calling for Underwood's head. And then the young guy, <laughs> half the young guys are going to leave. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe uh, evaluate. It's uh, the word I'm looking for. All right. Um... Commitment. Commitment <laughs> better. Like that's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean? Like, Get guys, get guys that want to be here. I'd like to see the NCAA step in a little bit and make Not some Sky Clark put some two year commitments in place. Where if you get a player from the portal, two year commitment. I agree. I don't. I think we talked about it before, and I don't know who said it. Um, like you, you shouldn't get your NIL money to like eighteen months. And clean it up with the coaches too. Make the coaches make coaches that get a job like make them commit to two or three years there. Why not? Two years at least. Yeah, but but when it's but does the school want to commit for three years? I mean, there's schools that will fire you after three years. Well, just or make it two after years. Three then. years. Yeah, you're not gonna get fired after two years unless you're a complete idiot. It's interesting. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think that like I think there's got to be something in there that like. I, but then again, you know, they're 18 year old kids. They move across the country to a coach that they never played before. Yeah, sure, we've met in person, but. I don't know how you're going to yell and scream at me when I get there or if you're going to coddle me like a little baby. Um, Sky so Clark. I, I mean, things happen. Kids are kids. Yeah, well, so they, they could put like I'm an opt-out clause in there where both sides agree. Yeah, and then you have to sit out a year or something. Exactly. So, yeah, the whole thing's a disaster because the NCAA is run by a bunch of losers. Well, yeah, because they didn't, they didn't want to sit down and actually do it right. They said, go ahead, be the wild, wild west. Sure. So, and that's why Illinois is gonna Illinois team in two years will look completely different from this team. Like I don't even know if anybody from this team will be here in two years. Just how it works. Luke Goody might be year five by then, though. Does he get a fifth year? They'll yes, find a way right. to get him one. Yeah, he would have been here. COVID. I don't think so. His freshman year? No, he's only no. A, never mind. Whatever. Uh, all right. That will uh, do it for us. Like I said, we'll be back see you in, in May. In May. Yeah. I thought uh, that I thought last time I was going to see you guys in May, but here we are. April 26th. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, do all that stuff. We appreciate you all. Thanks for hanging out with us. And can't wait for Illinois to get a shooting guard in the portal and be like, hey, Justin <laughs> Harmon's a point guard. Uh, a shooting guard and a, a guy that is Brandon Lieb, but worse. Yep. Here we go. All right, Mike Tisdale is coming back. We will see everybody. He's actually better than Lieb. Uh, We will see everybody next time for episode 162. Later.